A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. All right, we're on. Yeah, right. so, Joe, right. how old are you? I'm of an uncertain age. You're 29. I'm 29. <laughs> I, right, I, Go on, start I, singing. Um, I love toasty arches. I love toast. I love pit. She's quite fit and Rob's a bit of a knob. Toast. This episode of Dum Dee Dum is sponsored by Borsetshire Technical College Environmental Health Department. If you're interested in a career in catering, come and learn about dairy hygiene and cheese making and washing your hands. Carefully. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that sends of an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the cock, Linnet, that is Roy Phil <laughs> Brown. And with me are the old van, that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our tribute to Heather Pet is you. Now, today's Dum Dum is from Nina and Joe. And I think Joe's 29, don't you know? Uh, Lucy. <laughs> I did like the improvised lyrics. I thought that was very funny. It really I'm was eating some toast. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Juicy Loose. Yes. Can you remind our wonderful growing band of listeners how they win the accolade of Dum Dee Dummer of the week? Yes. If you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or drive a corpse along the hard shoulder. Ring us on 0203 0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Derek has been inspired by Heather Pett's example and has decided to create his own funeral pan. It's, it's all quite tasteful. Dark clothes, lead kindly light and Sabrina Thwaite in a black net veil. Nothing else just a black net veil that's a bit kinky that isn't it <laughs> mm. on today's listener packed episode we have calls from scarlet sparrow who thinks that a call to jess might be a good idea jan from can who's got her ire up emily thomas or like a bit of emily thomas who thinks that mustard yellow is a color of evil mid miss city who thinks that Rob has pulled a clever move, Jojo Sexy Heels, who can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Jacqueline Berto, 
who would like to see a new couple on the horizon with a spoon who thinks that David needs to get some backbone Andrew Horn who thinks that Heather Pett was treated badly and Auntie Jean bringing up the rear who's not sure that Helen is really pregnant but first before all the caller inners and we've got them in space this week let's hear about Lucy V Freeman's week in Ambridge Heather, rest in teeth. She died in a service station after a quick performance of songs from the music halls. It wasn't even one of those nice service stations with a waitrose. It was one with a KFC that smelled of Cagoules and Bensons. She'd already planned her funeral. She wants it on ice. Pip is singing We Will Rock You and Usha's doing the eulogy in Urdu. You mustn't blame yourself, love, said David to Ruth. And she agreed and decided to blame him instead. It's all your fault, David, for not telling me about the cow track. That's why my mother kicked the bucket in the service station. Jill came slinking over to Brooker's to interfere with the bees who were being bullied by wasps or something. Then she heard about me mother and pitched up on the doorstep with her writing desk under one arm and a roast chicken in a plastic bag under the other. They're seeing more of her now than they did when she lived there. Ruth gave her short shrift, so she stumped off again, singing Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. <laughs> Uh, Titchy Knob has taught Johnny the finer points of the gentleman's sport by getting him to bellow abuse at the opposing team. Then Rob cheated by edging, as if that was a time for gardening. And then he erased the silly old film from silly old Helen's silly old camera. Now he is adopting Henry, taking over the cricket team. Next he'll take over the bull, the dairy, the farm shop, start growing prize-winning chrysanthemums and directing the Christmas show. And to cap it all, poor Helen is up the clangor with a titchy sprog. Helen kept mm. being sick, sick, which we all put down to her feeling the kind of revulsion we all feel when contemplating Rob. She didn't have time to wee on a stick initially, being far too busy hoovering out her sewing basket and polishing her cocktail sticks. Anyway, thankfully, Titchy Knob has been gifted with magic powers and not only managed to get Helen preggers despite her contraception, but also knows it is a boy. God help it, that's all I can say. Someone is pinching Will's pheasants and killing deer. He's been dogging them in every night too. Maybe that's why they got fed up and flew away. I can't blame Will. I mean, he is now apparently a single man with no family. So he has to take his pleasures where he can. <laughs> Fallon is making plans for her manure dappled tea shop. She's promised to use Bridge Farm products. As the only thing they ever seem to grow at Bridge Farm is leeks, I can't wait to see her having a bash at tea with a leek cupcake and mangle wurzel jam. Krusty is going to take over the health club. Rub people, <laughs> rub people down with a mouldy loofah while Joe Grundy sings folk songs in the background while wearing a tutu, a hijab and a pair of Ugg boots. She gave the worst interview I have ever heard. Jeremy Clarkson is more likely to get a job in the shadow cabinet than Kirsty was to get the health club manager role. <laughs> what sort of things did you do in your last job? Don't know. Why do you want the job? I like trees. Tell us about a problem you faced in your job and how you dealt with it. Um, well, I worked polishing broccoli in a shop and then my boss's brother dumped me in front of a church full of people and then I wanted to leave. My boss couldn't understand why. That sort of problem, do you mean? These fair brother boys are not the full shilling, I've decided. Toby just introduces himself to people at the world's most inopportune moments. Who in the world stops a total stranger on their way into a job interview to introduce themselves? Anyway... 
The Fair Goose brethren have stuffed up already, having arranged to give exclusivity <laughs> to Ian and then made a deal with Elizabeth too. In a delightful piece of poultry-based synchronicity, Ian has been betrayed by a handsome man at Lower Loxley for the second time and Roy and Elizabeth will be caught having a quick pluck with stuffing. The end! <laughs> that was very good. I, I enjoyed it this week. There was poultry, there were teeth, <laughs> and uh, what else was there? Well, do you know what? Characters if you've got, from if you've the Archers. Got, if you've got poultry great. and teeth, what else do you need, quite frankly? <laughs> Lucy. Yes. Um, this is the point of the show where I say, should we talk about something this mm. week? Uh, but I think we should maybe crack on because okay. we've got a shed load of caller inners, haven't yeah. we? And can I just say something before we get onto the caller inners? Because I think some of our new caller inners are forgetting the protocol. Ah, what they do. Can you just remind our caller inners when you first call her inner what they're supposed to do? You're supposed to give us your inside leg measurement, blood group, no. and tell us no. what you do for a job. Yes. Just we have a so we have a bit of a you know, it's a bit of a random straw poll census of who the bloody hell's listening. But then it means, good listener, that then when there's a storyline which maybe pertains to your profession, we can say, Oi, does this ring true? So there is method in the madness. Yes. So, yes. Right. Now, on that uh, slight little wrap over the knuckles for new caller in us, uh, <laughs> here we got first. We, we always like to start people off. Yeah. <laughs> Encourage them S- in, warm them cane. up, and then have a go at them the second they <laughs> ring in. Here's why you're rubbish. Bite us. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Oh, sorry, what was the question? Uh, who's next? Oh, yeah, who's sorry. first? Uh, Scarlet Sparrow. Mm. A call to Jess might be a good idea. Hello, you two. Scarlet Sparrow here. Uh, firstly, most important piece of business. Uh, Maeve, you are always going to be the repeal number one girl. I'm really not trying to muscle in. Um, secondly, uh, Robin Helen. I think it's time that um, Helen had a little phone call to Jess and found out what really happened and whether there were any predecessors she could speak to. Uh, my prediction is that horrible Hensel will stop the Grundys moving back home and that uh, Caroline and Oliver will step in and say they're never coming back from Tuscany, so they may as well move back to Grange Farm. I think people are thinking, you know, because, well, it's this kind of ties in with Miss Mid-City's call as well. Hi, it's Miss Mid-City here with far too much to say. Rob is more interested in adopting Henry than sorting out his divorce finances or actually getting a job. Um, I say adoption and I'm using the term quite loosely. I don't do much adoption work but I do do private disputes and um, yes a step parental responsibility order is quite neat. It gets around the need for going through the rigorous adoption screening process and stops social services prying into his murky background. Quite a clever move on the part of the scriptwriters, because once you've got step parental responsibility, uh, you can change the child's name. So who needs an adoption order? Hmm, rather clever, I think. Um, And sticking with Rob and Helen and their bizarre little family setup. Um, Helen's pregnant. She uh, doesn't want to be, clearly, but uh, she is. And that makes her, to my mind, makes her more vulnerable and increasingly less comfortable around Rob. Uh, counterintuitively, it's probably a good time to be bringing this story to an end. 
and a good time to be bringing Kirsty back for a job that we didn't even know she was qualified to apply for at Grey Gables. Who saw that coming? Rob getting um, the the, the step-parent agreement thing is actually much simpler than him going through the whole adoption process and i know he's saying oh well that's because i can take over my duties as as henry's parent you know quickly she said it could well be because uh he doesn't want his background to be too heavily in investigated and there is a yeah i would say there's quite a likelihood that given rob's this this level of gifted manipulation isn't a recent thing is it it's something he is very very well versed in Mm. so it would imply that he's done it before and for all we know there could be several women dotted around the country who he's you know made pregnant who he's you know walked out on who he's abused whatever and that a call to Jess may reveal them. But the last time we heard from Jess, she was busily saying to Helen, oh, you know what Rob's like when you're the centre of his universe. That's all you want to be, blah, 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 blah. So he, she doesn't sound like somebody who... I know you you know, you, you, you could quite rightly say that she's not quite right. And clearly she isn't because you wouldn't be duped by rob or wanting to stay with rob if you if you if you had sort of a healthy uh, good mental health kind of thing but uh yeah i don't know what do you think do you think that, that there's that there could be other other titchy victims i think if there was a whole kind of long litany line full of them um jess would have intimated that wouldn't she she would have said oh you know you're just the next one Helen, in the long line. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. But, she, but she didn't say that no. what she hinted at was just the fact that he's a controlling manipulative evil uh misogynist is really what she said about this you know you're when you're the center of his world and and whatever so uh, i think yes midme city was very very clever she knows about this stuff which then just brings me back to what i was saying before when you actually know that somebody has a professional yeah. uh what somebody does yeah. professionally it, it lends massive credence then to what they say as to how it affects storylines as to you know their analysis of it that this is a very clever way for him just to very quickly i think mm. it's less about delving into his past and just him very quickly and, and cleanly to become legally Henry's parent, so then he can just, in effect, yank him away from Helen. I mean, I, I, I think it's more to do with that than speaking you know, as somebody I, who but... writes willy jokes for a living and clearly isn't a <laughs> solicitor, obviously. Um, this seems like a very, I mean, surely this step parent thingy is absolutely ripe for exploitation by somebody like Rob. Mm. I mean, I'm sure somebody legal based probably miss mid city will ring in and tell me why it's actually fine but i mean it just what's it what's it for i can't see what the benefit of it is for if it's less own if because you know adoption is a is a huge deal and quite rightly there are very good reasons why it's a huge deal Absolutely. And I think maybe we need another call in from uh, yeah. Miss City to actually to tell us the reasons why yeah. this kind of came about. Because on the one hand, you can conceive of reasons why uh, maybe it's for couples that aren't married or something. Or other, but these guys are married. Yeah. So and I thought that if you were married, um, you kind of de facto became the pair. I just don't know. I just don't know. And Miss City... 
Miss Mid City, sorry. Um, I think maybe just call in and just say why this legislation yeah. is even brought in because yeah. for us it makes little and no sense. Um, and sorry, we've we've sort of blended two calls here. Scarlett Sparrow mm. also said, uh, Caroline and Oliver aren't going to come home. Hazel will stop Eddie and Clary moving back mm. because she'll flog the, the cottage. So she said they can, the Grundys can move back to Grange Farm. But they've had so much work done on Grange Farm, it's probably worth 80 billion trillion pounds now, isn't it? <laughs> There's no way. Unless, unless Caroline and Oliver went completely, either became the world's most philanthropic couple or... Um, you know, just became overwhelmingly uh, lovely uh, or, or, or mad and, and let the Grundys live in it for whatever they can afford to pay. Unless they sort of caretake it for them or something. I don't mm. know. I, I've got a sneaky feeling that the Sterlings won't come back. Really? I, I, I want them oh, to. Because as I said before, yeah. you know, I love a bit of Oliver. Uh, but too many people have said, this doesn't quite feel right. And we haven't heard them from them in any meaningful way for no, so long. No. And then it's case of art, oh, they're going off again. So... And, and there's no script, there's no plot lines coming up that they're involved with. Mm. That, yes. that, that, they're, that they're essential for. Well, let's hope that we're all wrong. Yeah. But I think... I tell you what, Oliver Sterling is right. in bloody everything. Is he? Yeah. Oh, somebody did tweet on the Twitters that he was, oh, this was him on some Radio 4 play or something or another. Yep, there's millions. He's on lots of period drama. Um, I think he was in Downton Abbey. Which then goes to show yeah. Goes, mm, that yeah. he's busy doing other stuff yeah. as opposed to, yes. Mm. Oh, God. Blimey. I feel like one of those women standing on the dock watching a, watching all the soldiers sail off, you know, and you never know you're <laughs> going to see them again. Suddenly they're waving me hankies as the ship gets smaller across the ocean. I'm like, bye. It was lovely to know you. Do come back, won't you? Hello. Oh. Hello from Canada to everyone in Dumpty Dum land. It's Jan from Cannes calling in. Mitch Muse on the Twitters. I'm calling in today because I need to take issue with some comments that are in criticism of Ruth. Ruth being not domestic and Ruth not being able to, to cook a scone or Ruth not taking an interest in doing the traditional mum role. It's 2015 and I just never expected to hear progressive, thoughtful people who believe in equality criticizing her for that. She's a modern woman. She's a farmer. And I would like to know why David doesn't cook some scones. I'd like to know why David doesn't do more of the taking care of the children, etc. So as you can probably tell, I've got my ire up. It's been bothering me. Jan from Cannes. Yes, Jan yes. from Cannes. I am feeling guilty about this. Mm. Because she says that we always go on, the caller inners, and I am I am as guilty of this as the caller owners, of about Ruth not being able to cook. Now, for me, it is not, and I completely agree that there's no reason why David shouldn't cook. Mm. For me, it's not about her not being able to cook. I don't care whether she can cook or not. In fact, I think the obsession with cooking on the archers is getting a bit insane. It's sometimes it's like listening to Bake Off, but um, it's the fact that still it's a key adult skill that you need to 
crack. Is that what you're saying? As opposed to saying that... No, um, no, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. It's the fact that she continually seems to be surprised that people need three meals a day. She's, she's, she's <laughs> kind of, it's just, it seems to come to her as a revelation every day. Oh, oh, it's lunch. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, and I'm sure it's probably like that for, you know, obviously now Ru, uh, Pip's around and she can cook and David could, but doesn't because he's always, always had mummy to look after him. But uh, it's that kind of, I don't know. It, it, you have children mm. and you have a job. And you have to do both. You can't just because you're a farmer, you can't say, "Oh, well, I'm not going to do one of those things." You, you know, if you choose both, you have to do both. That's that's it. Uh, just like if you're a, you know, and I mean a farmer and a parent of either sex, not a mother. Uh, so the, it's just I think it's more of a for me anyway. It's more of a script, um, a script writer conceit that is getting very wearying. Mm. This haha, she's got to go to the shop again and get oven chips or whatever. Uh, when did she last get caught short? At, did oh, because Jill's here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she hasn't. Mm. Well, the Jill's not, but yeah. Well, she kind of is, though, isn't she? I think she's living in the Arga. She sort of pops <laughs> up every now. Every time Ruth goes out of the kitchen, she clambers out of the I, warming drawer I've and starts cooking. Yeah, <laughs> and a Victoria sponge and fourteen scones, and that was funny actually when she pitched up with her chicken. That made me laugh. Mm. I've always took Jill at face value but even i'm forced to admit that you know she's playing a little game or two now you know you think? And yeah i do now i've always just taken a you know oh i've just popped back you know yeah. oh ruth here i am oh. again <laughs> Ta-da! guess who <laughs> can i come back now oh no 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 take your time <laughs> i've just I'll just put this suitcase down over here. I think I think it's kind she of. She a... really is dancing on Heather's grave, isn't she? She just cannot wait to come back. But I'll tell you what I thought was very peculiar last week was the fact that Elizabeth was pushing her out the door as well. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, if you I'm want just to go saying, back, Mom. No, you know, obviously... you know, we do love you to have you here. But however, please go. Car... But you know, you know, but take I've your left time. The car with go. his engine running in the drive. Uh, we've packed up. Yes. Uh... Of course, we love having you here. But when are you going to leave? Yeah. The whole thing is very strange, I think. And this also links into... Um, uh, who does this link into? Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. Paul Rim, I think. Mm. Is it Paul Rim? Oh, God. No, Andrew Horn. Andrew. I'm sorry, Andrew. I've muddled you up. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Well, there's been a recent post on the Archer's Facebook site about the Ten Commandments. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. And I put down, keep the faith. Um, because occasionally storylines get you in such a way that you you want to give up for, for a variety of reasons. And at the moment, that's sort of where I am. I've been finding it all really quite... Uh, um, quite a downer really the whole heather thing's just really frustrated me i know i said earlier in the year that she would die as soon as they got up to prudder but to kill her off in the car on the way down after making such a fuss and angst about it um is just uh is just ridiculous and now we're going to end up with ruth whinging for months on end as she thinks it's her fault for making her do the journey and we're going to have that horrible whiny voice andrew horn who said that uh you know she's been treated 
really badly. Heather's been treated really badly by the scriptwriters. Um, but, you know, no dignified... She doesn't get a blazing roof fall on her while she's, um, you know, rescuing uh, horses. Uh, she doesn't go out peacefully in her chair like Phil. You know, she dies in a car or in the ambulance uh-huh. in a in a in a petrol station or in a service station it's just the world's most undignified way to go pretty much even even as a fictional character that we weren't that fussed about you know it's still pretty horrible and it's just such a convenient plot device i'm somewhat conflicted about this because i on record i wasn't fussed about heather at all and it's interesting, you know, listening to the archers this week and people like Eddie saying, coming round with flowers and saying, oh, she always asked about the boys mm. and whatever. And, you know, it, I, I don't think we, any of us as listeners were invested in her as a character in the way that we were, let's say, with Auntie Satya, who's mm. an occasional character who's completely fallen off the radar. Yeah. So, so for me, it, it's, considering how bonkers this whole storyline was about going up to Prudder, yeah. Right, it's kind of somewhat fitting that she just expired on a motorway service station on coming down to to Ambridge. <laughs> the world's most temporary character dies in the ultimately yeah. temporarily. It's like dying in an airport lounge, you know, where you're not exactly. really anything, not really anywhere. It's a character who we didn't really get to know. She was, you know, the Geordie one with the, with a comic accent, and then increasingly, you know, with the ill-fitting teeth. And she just mixed up with this bonkers storyline that you're going to move this farm 400 miles up, up the road at ridiculous expense when it's much cheaper just to get the old biddy down here. And I, and I just, I'm just glad, slowly but surely, we're getting rid of this storyline. So yeah. the fact that she expired in her bed, in a car, in a McDonald's, in a KFC, I couldn't care less, to be yeah. honest with you. No. Let's just get just put it all behind <laughs> us and let's just move on. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's. I think it was um, uh, Witherspoon who mm. said they need to keep... Uh, sorry, we're jumping around all over the shop with the calls. I'm not thinking very coherently. Th- that, that they needed to keep some kind of... Um, uh, some Geriatric. kind of kind of no 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 no, sorry um i've gone off again they needed to keep some tension between david and ruth Mm. because that's what they've decided you know there wasn't really any tension ever between jill and phil you know they kind of decided things together she did the house and the children he did the farm you know that was it there was much less crossover between them but phil uh, but uh, david and ruth they kind of need to keep this um this marital tension going which is presumably going to be you know it's all david's fault that they didn't she wasn't with her and that she hadn't moved down or they hadn't moved up or whatever um so i don't think we have said goodbye to this storyline because i think the 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 the, the aftershocks of this are going to go on and on and on sadly i hope not i, hope not I well. took it as she said to david this is kind of your fault our fault because mm. She's just in shock and still in grief. Yeah. You know, she's not thinking straight and she knows it, it isn't. And, you know, but that's what I took it as. But I, th- there needs to be some form of tension between David and Ruth and uh, going forward. Because, as I kind of said before, when you really boil it down, at the heart of the archers um, is uh, this key 
the key kind of strand of the archers, the Brooker's archers, who are actually the least interesting characters. Yeah. They actually are yeah. by far, by far, by far. So, did, you, did you see Twitter this week when people, when we had an episode and it had no archers in it and people were going, oh, I love my favourite sort of episode. There was no <laughs> archers. <laughs> it was the archers um, without the archers. It was brilliant. Can, can, can I can I claim ownership of that tweet? Oh, was it you? Oh, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> I think it was you retweeted heavily because I saw loads of people agreeing. <laughs> so, yes. So we've done about five caller inners then. So who's next? Sorry, yes, I'm sorry, so sorry. Um... Hello, Dumpty Dum. Bonjour. C'est moi, long-time listener and first-time caller inner, Emily. I am at Emily underscore Thomas 73 on Twitter. I'm calling you from somewhere near Torrefel in Paris. And I'm just calling to say, j'adore Dumpty Dum. It's like a warm cup of tea and a scone when I'm feeling run down from my time looking after pampered Parisian children as an au pair. In fact, taking care of the children is giving me some serious food for thought about Helen. In the last week, we've seen that she can't seem to stay in a room without having to leave in a hurry. In my mind, this may be the scriptwriters beginning to hint at the fact that Helen may be pregnant and that we are seeing the beginnings of the awful morning sickness. Now, I am not a mother and I've never had children, but I am the daughter of a midwife and a doctor. And I was led to believe that the vomiting stage does not happen until at least the sixth week of pregnancy. If some actual mothers could fact check me, I'd be very grateful. So if she is pregnant, we can assume it's not the result of that night. I think all Dumpty Dum listeners know the one I'm referring to. But what it does do is it makes me think about the inevitable depressing Christmas storyline that an archer's Christmas is not complete without. Helen is a woman who was so keen to be a mother and have a baby that we went through all the events that led to the appearance of the perpetually high on helium Henry. Perhaps this year the Christmas conflict could be Helen considering to terminate this new pregnancy as Rob's true colours come to light. In my mind, his true colour is probably mustard yellow, the colour of ultimate evil. Given that the limit on an abortion is 24 weeks in the UK, if six weeks or more have gone already, then the final weeks of this time limit would be approaching over the festive period. Cue much, oh, no wine for me, lines as she thinks it out. Emily Thomas, the Ooh. au pair. So we do know what she does. And she reminds me of when I was an au pair and I would go and listen uh, to the archers in the laundry room of the house in Zurich where I lived. And there was uh, a drying balcony or a drying mm. terrace. And mm. so we would, uh, I would sort out the, the washing and coincide it with listening to the archers on the world service or radio or whatever I could get it on. And I kind of had some strange arrangement with the, there was like an aerial thing mm. on the end of the ironing board. I'm not quite sure why. I've forgotten why, but there was like this metal pointy wiry bit. And I used to put the aerial of the radio up against it so it kind of conducted to prove the signal and I would faff around with the ironing for a good 20 minutes when I really didn't need to um just to sort of get my fix off the archers because it reminded me of, of of England yes she can foresee horrible things happening at Christmas I had forgotten that Helen had preeclampsia with Henry which is quite a severe thing and mm -hmm. means she is an at-risk mother and also means she has to rest, unfortunately, which will mean that Titchy Knob is able to muscle in on what little is left of her territory. 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, because she will be literally physically incapable of 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 doing anything um yes all very depressing and i'm not sure i could cope with it over christmas to be honest now at the end of my comments about emily thomas's call i have written and i have no idea why mustard yellow is also the color of diarrhea why in God's name would I have done that? Ah, she mentioned that something was mustard yellow, but I can't. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea why I wrote that. It was a very long time ago when I listened to these, and I've forgotten. <laughs> mustard yellow is also the colour of diarrhea. No, blank. See, you'll all know now because you will be listening to the calls, and you'll be going, "No, you stupid woman!" It's because she said blah blah blah. But I, I can't hear the calls right now, so that's why. Mm. Anyway. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. I just had to call in this week. Obviously, we've been building up to Helen being pregnant and we know how Titchy Knob's going to be and he was very close to the edge this week. But I think there is a tiny little bit of light at the tunnel. We've got the return of Kathy. Hooray! We've got the return of Krusty. Hooray! And with Fallon having her cafe set up at Bridge Farm, I think there's a good chance that the three of them can talk some sense to Helen and that she will, in the end, have a good circle of friends around her who will take her and keep her safe from Titchy Knob. They will see what's happening early on and will do something about it. That is my big hope. Jojo Sexy Heels. Uh, haven't heard from her for a while. It is very nice to hear her. Um... I had also forgotten that Kathy had suffered severe sexual violence. You hadn't forgotten. We talked about that just a week or two back. Uh, well, I'd remembered again this time. And she said, <laughs> now Kirsty's back. 
Mm. Kirsty will sort out. Um, uh, Kirsty will sort out uh, uh, Rob and Helen, uh, and she will be able to point out to Helen what is going on. And um, obviously, Kathy is has also sort of reappeared on the show. Thank the Lord. And um, yeah, so she w- w- she sort of um, knows I... the signs as well, doesn't she? Well, I don't think. Kathy's incidents where she was raped by oh goodness I, I completely forget his name but it was to do with the Christmas play wasn't mm-hmm. it and he yeah. got close to do you yeah. know at the Christmas play that's not at all analogous to to um no to but at Rob. least there's some more women around I think Kathy was only brought in because she had to interview Kirsty yeah. yeah I, I there's, because Kathy and Helen have no relationship do no. they no so this is all about Kirsty coming back into the yeah. village and then her becoming friends again, yeah. slowly but surely, with Helen. Yeah. And then saying, and then Rob going, because Kirsty and Rob don't like each other, again, because of the Christmas play and the way, you know, there was that whole thing, wasn't there, you know, a couple of years back. So Kirsty's back. There's, there is going to be um, a rapprochement between her and Helen. Kirsty will just say, this man gives me the heebie-jeebies. Helen will go, no, 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 he's fine, he's fine. And then it's going to be Kirsty that will be uh, the, the Avenger in all of this. And yeah. says, ha-ha, no, you know, and this is a bastard. And here's Good, the reason I why. cannot wait. Hurry that... up, Kirsty. <laughs> if you're going to do it, now would be great. <sighs> but I forgotten about the preeclampsia thing as well so that's uh we have some great uh, this is a re- this is like a hive mind isn't it all all the listeners you know yeah. nothing gets past them I know. you know i know very good <gasps> very hi there dumpty tum jacqueline berto here well if other people are allowed to to do this i'm going to bravo bravo to all of those involved in dumpty dum who predicted helen's pregnancy and the death of heather leaving a space for Jill to come back, if she dare. But I'd like to badmouth uh, Pip a lot, who continues to irritate me, but it's her mother that's caused me to shout out loud at the radio this week, twice. When Ruth was having a typical wailing and gnashing of teeth tirade against the world, she said, oh, blah, 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 and it was only going to end one way. Can't do the accent. Well, Ruth, I've one thing to say to you. It only ends one way for all of us. It happens. You have to accept it and it's sad, but you also have to enjoy your family. And as Heather said, that beautiful house and your life. Get on with it. We all lose our parents in the end. It's no one's fault. It's just that part of life that's sad. One final thought. Roy, Kirsty, a future? Question mark? Bye. Now, Jacqueline Berto can mm-hmm. see uh, Roy and Kirsty as a potential couple. Mm. I do not think so. I disagree, Jacqueline. I think that Roy is going to get back with Elizabeth because now the panto is going to happen. Do you know what? I have just realised something quite startling. What's that? I missed off half my monologue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was short. God. Did you? Yep. Do you want me to do it again it or was, not? I just thought it was tight. Fine. <laughs> All right then. Fine. I'll use it again next week. Um 
Uh, I think that. Um, How I think... much have you left off? Eh? How much have you left Only off? Only about two paragraphs, I think. Because um, I had a gag in about the Christmas play. It probably wasn't very good anyway, so it's fine. Um, uh, I think that Roy is going to be edging closer back to Elizabeth now that Linda's wangled her way into um, having the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing. I think that's going to put them back into proximity again. So I think that may reignite because we haven't heard anything at all about um, poor old Haley, have we? So whether that's going to lift off again, I don't know. Um, Roy and Kirsty are unsuited, I think. I can't see them as a couple. And I think Kirsty's going to end up back with Tom. I do. I think he's going to end up back with Tom because this is a new Tom. He's mm. all different, isn't he? Yeah. Thank God it's the same Kirsty. Hmm. I, I love Kirsty. I get so happy when I hear her voice. I'm like, yay! Is that, I don't know. She's just different and interesting and nice and good. Yes, like her. Hello, it's Auntie Jean here. I'm doing a Cosmo and I'm on my halls, but I thought I'd just phone this in because I've just had a sudden thought and I don't like it much. It occurs to me that Helen may be lying to all about being pregnant because I think she probably thought he was getting so angry she'd get hit or worse. Um, so she dropped the bombshell to stop him in his tracks, which it obviously did. And what happens when she finds out she's not pregnant? And what happens when he finds out she's not pregnant? I'm just not sure, because he was so horrible, going on about how silly she was and what bad decisions she was making, and he was getting angrier and angrier, and it was a horrible thing to listen to. Anyway, just a short one this week. Back to my halls. See you soon. Bye. Auntie Jean says that she was not sure whether or not Helen was really pregnant or whether Helen was so worried that Titchenob was going to thump her when he did his... Do you know what one of the things I will never forgive him for? Mm. Apart from Little Miss Giggly, apart from all the other shit, Mm -hmm. he said, badly done, Helen, badly done. And that's what nice um, Mr Knightley says in Emma and Mr Knightley is a lovely man and he's saying it absolutely because Emma has done something um ungracious and to ruin a lovely quote like that Mm. when you're just trying to make your partner feel small is shit oh I hate him um anyway I don't think she's lying about being pregnant um wish she was uh, but yes, that that was a horrible episode and it was awful to listen to and the fear in her voice was palpable and I honestly thought, oh my God, he's going to thump her. Well, I think what saved her from uh, physical harm is definitely the pregnancy right yeah. now anyway because yeah. he's going to treat her like she's a, a total porcelain doll. Ah, it? well, apparently some of our listeners that uh, know about such things I'm hoping mm-hmm. through professional means said that women are at most at risk of domestic violence when they're pregnant oh really i didn't know because that seems to me completely counterintuitive that mm. you, because somebody a narcissist like rob i suppose would think she though... is just a vessel for my child therefore i have to look after the vessel yeah but it also depends on whether that partner wanted the child yeah, yeah. And also, the child is going to be competition for him, isn't it? Because he, he mm. you know, he wants her to do what he wants to do, and that might not 
uh, fit in with, you know, having her being pregnant or her having a child might not fit in with what he wants to do. Mm. Always a shit to be so well written. It really is. I know. It's just awful. (sighs) Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, back from our holiday in Provincetown, Cape Cod, the first landing spot of the Pilgrims. First, congrats to both Lucy and Royfield on a very entertaining interview and show last week. It's been quite a week in Ambridge, hasn't it? A mercy killing revealed, a long-anticipated but ill-timed death, the appearance of ghosts from the past, and the not-surprising news of a birth to come. With so much happening, it seems so long ago that the week began on the cricket pitch, with Rob behaving so badly, a definite portend to the week's end. I wrote on our group's Facebook page that when Helen handed Rob her iPhone, it was obvious that the video of Rob cheating, hey, that's just not cricket, would oh so mysteriously disappear. I'm sure what's on everyone's mind is Rob's behavior on Friday, so I won't dwell on it. Needless to say, his need to control and his misogyny is very upsetting to all. Poor Helen is becoming increasingly isolated. Where's best friend Ian, who figured out Rob oh so long ago? Perhaps Kirsty will be the one who ultimately intervenes and saves Helen. The return of Kirsty, Kathy, and Roy made Thursday's episode feel a bit like a Christmas carol. Will that be Linda's panto this year? It was oh so obvious that Kirsty was going to get the job as health club manager, but boy, that was not an impressive interview. And while I like the return of Kathy in the abstract sense, she is just such a morose-sounding person. Please be happy, Kathy, for all of us Dumpty Dummers. And one prediction, Tom and Kirsty will get back together. Finally, the death of Heather. She didn't even make it down the motorway. Couldn't she have enjoyed a first and last supper at Brookfield and had a final song with all her grandkids? I do think the scriptwriters missed an opportunity to explore the issues and challenges of caring for an infirmed parent. Now Ruth is in mourning, which is perfectly understandable, but again her projection of her guilt as anger onto David feels too obvious and too unrealistic at the same time. It's like the writers got together and said, David and Ruth need to still be in conflict. Let's have her blame him for her mother's death. It just doesn't feel like something she would really do because she would have realized how ill her mother was. Anyway, here's hoping David has some backbone and stands up to her while continuing to be supportive and sympathetic. Angus Haggis says he can't wait for next week's episodes. Until then, we're signing off. And no, Angus nor Scruff were sighted near any dead deer last week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Witherspoon said, the scriptwriters missed an opportunity to do an in-depth portrayal of caring for an elderly parent. Witherspoon, I say thank God the scriptwriters decided not to do an in-depth portrayal of caring for an elderly parent. That sounds horrendous. Mm. He, He does have a point though, in that... All the octogenarians on it all seem to be incredibly fit, spry, and, you know, leap over fences uh, at, at the drop of a hat. And we, you do, 
we always say that the great thing about this show is that it has a realistic portrayal of life, hence the whole gaslighting thing. Yeah. It's so incredibly believable. Yeah. Now, what isn't quite believable is that Peggy, Jill, Jim, Caroline, not n- none of them have a major um, infirmity. No, they're not even diabetic. And yeah, they ought it... to, considering the amount of bloody cake they eat. <laughs> Not a not a minute goes by without somebody stuffing a scone or a ginger biscuit or something. Exactly. So, uh, point well taken, uh, Mister Witherspoon. Though I'm glad it wasn't Heather Pet because I just found her somewhat tedious. But that's me <laughs> being mean. And uh, she she tested my Buddhahood. Did that woman? I just like, <laughs> just like, oh please, let it go. And she's gone. So I'm quite happy. But anyway, <laughs> being a Buddhist, she'd probably come back as one of the lambs or something or another. So, oh dear. you know, she, she, she's still knocking well, her about. Well, her end's not going to be much better if she does come back <laughs> as one of the lambs, is it, really? <laughs> anyway, and that's it for the calls. I am so sorry, everybody. I leapt around like a gazelle throughout that. <laughs> I apologise. An impala. Impala. Leaping from <laughs> conversational crag to conversational crag. Mm. <sighs> well, um, now we've got our bearings. Uh, shall we uh, take a quick coffee break? Camp coffee for me. Uh, you'll be have something kind of like properly brewed, won't you? Oh no, just oh, just a cup of tea, I suppose. PG. Yes. No Yorkshire oh. tea, actually. Really? Yeah, Yorkshire tea, hard water tea bags. Mm, I tell you what, that is now the 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 drink of the of the middle class, isn't it? Yorkshire tea. Nobody, because PG tips, great unwashed. That's like people up north drink that, <laughs> but actually. <laughs> People down south drink Yorkshire tea. I know. I've really noticed that. Have you not? Well, people in Yorkshire laugh heartily at them. <laughs> <laughs> Falling for all the bullshit. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Good day everyone, it's Millie Bell here, having spent uh, two weeks on another continent. I have to say, I absolutely loved meeting some other archers addicts. And if you are all as lovely and as fun as Stuart and Liz, I look forward to meeting you. It was really nice for me just to be able to talk about Dumpty Dum and the archers whenever I felt like it. But I have to get back to the real world now because I'm back to work tomorrow. Um, obviously I wasn't very active on Facebook while I was away, although I did ask about for someone to explain to me about the cricket, and thank you very much, Glimful of Love. Um, your explanation on Facebook was very, um, full, but I still didn't understand it because I didn't really know what a snicko was, but that sounded, if it wasn't a chocolate, like something I needed to learn more about. Um, but the one thing I would like to say about the whole of that was the video, deleting the video confused me because as someone who's a little bit into technology, I know that if I've deleted videos on my iPhone, I can get them back pretty quickly. The other thing that confused me last week and also the two Archers addicts that I was with was why Helen was making out that she had a tummy bug but and yet had gone to work in the dairy when after what had happened with Clary, we didn't think she would go anywhere near the dairy. 
see how wonderful this all is uh, when you have other Zajiks addicts around you like I got to discuss so much so anyway guys I promise to have a proper uh, report for you next week um, of Facebook uh, so please indulge me um, I've had a couple of great weeks but I'll be back on board and uh, responding to all your Facebook posts this week so have a great week on the Archers Addicts and I'll be talking with you soon Hooroo. thank you Miss Bell it wasn't really long this week was it listen that, oh. that millie bell she's been absent the last three weeks i don't know i don't know what she's been dialing in but as of next week miss bell be back on your game we want to know what's been happening on the book of face and all sorts no no she's i love the interview break. she did with the with the american lady that was really good yeah and uh, she's, she's had a smashing time and those good. people who kind of uh, her friends on the book of face could see all these wonderful pictures oh. of whales and seals and all sorts and it Ooh. just looks amazing trip of a lifetime our millie's had normal service will be resumed next week it's time for your hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days as brought to you by lucy freeman who's going to tell you which she thinks are the best go <laughs> uh, chris m owens had david saying mum under that foil that chicken looks very writing desk shaped <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cara, lovely Cara, um, said, I've not met Kathy. Has she always sounded like an unwilling game show contestant making a small talk before the first round? <laughs> yes, she has, Cara, in answer to that. Um, Justin Farrington, who is all can always be relied on for a, um, a a something pithy and extremely rude. So block your ears, small children. Uh, this was about the cricket when uh, Rob was uh, was accused of edging and was supposed to to to, to walk. Um, he said, "Don't walk, motherfucker, crawl." <laughs> and Kensington Gore said, "The end is in sight. Cheating at cricket is the last straw." <laughs> funny isn't it you could do all the other things <laughs> but you cheated at cricket the bastard um and um this is lisa h hamilton who oh oh so we're not tweeted the week sorry no it oh. is tweet of the week okay so i was right lisa h hamilton mm-hmm. who said on me own in the rain in a service station car park why is ruth talking about losing her virginity <laughs> at a time like this <laughs> <laughs> No, that did make me laugh out loud when I read that tweet too. Um, which brings me back to something um, which I think this was Glenn Fuller Love said on some bit of Dum De Dum Media, whether it was on the Twitters or, or it was on uh, on the forum. We're so omni-channel now. We, we are, knows? we are. And we'll be launching our own TV station soon, won't we? <laughs> God help right. us. Um, Glenn said, and mm. I think it was Glenn. If it wasn't Glenn and it was it was somebody else, I I do apologise. That the whole thing around the phone was utter claptrap. The fact that Helen has it on on camera that Rob had cheated. Yeah, and he said because quite simply, when you watch cricket on Sky and they have sixty four cameras around, half the time it's inconclusive. Then yeah. So yeah. how is it going yeah. to be conclusive from an iPhone? Yeah. 300 yards away. Yes. Yeah. You know, if it was that obvious of an edge and a nick, yeah. everybody w- would have yeah. said, you absolutely do need yeah. to walk. And uh, Tony would have known. Yeah. Because if Tony's eyes were that bad and he's, what, <laughs> <laughs> 12 yards away, right, he shouldn't have been umpiring. Which, when he was, it's like, it's absolutely true. There's no way that that phone is going to be, you know, conclusive proof. But anyway, I'll it's throw funny, that in. It's funny, the Archers has, has a very 
uh, strange. It a lot of the sort of the um, the, the the continuity problems, not continuity problems, but kind of the the, the detail problems uh, revolve around mobile phones. Mm. I don't know whether none of the art. Well, we know that the archers writers have mobile phones because we talk to them on them. But uh, things like um, when Ruth David never ever seems to have his turned on. If if David misses one more important call because he's either let the battery go flat, left it behind, mm. or has just hasn't heard it, when Ruth's trying to ring him to tell him that, uh, you know, me mother is 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 lying steaming on the back seat, uh, you know, he <laughs> he there was no he was just standing having a conversation with somebody. There is no reason for him not to have heard his phone. And well, he said, "Oh, three missed calls." Well, and I, you think I, for somebody that works con- near enough continually, mm. not at home, you'd think having a charged-up phone that would enable him to communicate with other members of his team would be fairly essential. But apparently not. All the farmers I know are on their phones pretty much permanently because it's how they communicate with each other. Well, the thing is about the mobile phone. There's two things: is that in terms of penetration of mobile phones in the uk let's say they got over adults had them at a rate of let's say over 70 percent in let's say 2000 right and it was very clearly some eight years after that it was end of the 2000s that mobile phones regularly then became into dramas and soap operas Mm. you know so there was a massive lag a massive lag but then also as a tool they are, they're hard to write because actually you do need characters bumping into each other. Oh, I'm just yeah. popping around. <laughs> Nobody pops around to see no. anybody anymore without a text, yeah. a call, yeah. just, you know, and and then you get, yes, oh, you can pop around. Yeah. But then, so writers have a problem writing believable scenarios. Yeah. And I was listening to something the other day. Oh, crumbs. I forget who the writer is, but they very clearly said, I set all of my dramas 20 years ago, pre-mobile <laughs> phones. He says, I have to. Because, because otherwise everything would be sorted out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I forget yeah. who the writer was. And I just thought that was just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Because you actually, yeah. there is a real problem if you're yeah. going to write. Because you think about it. Half of teenage, well, not half of teenage, 80% of teenagers now break up on text. Yeah. How, is that, how would that fit into the arches? Yeah. Yeah, you know, into a radio drop is yeah. bad enough on TV. Yeah, let alone on a, on a radio show. Yeah. So you know, when you think about the amount of conversations that we have with each other via text, you know, so... maybe they've got their own mobile phone provider that's a bit rubbish. Probably Justin Elliott's. Uh, Justin Elliott's owns some kind of, um, uh, you know, um, mobile phone company. Like, so like... you think it's just like um, Ambridge is a mobile black spot? Yeah. Mm. Well, I have to think that because otherwise it's so infuriatingly ridiculous <laughs> that nobody ever hears or answers their phone. You know, it works fine when Eddie's interrupting the opera. Then everybody can hear it. You know, <laughs> the rest of the time, no. No. We should have done that bit after your uh, truncated monologue. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, we didn't, did we? No. <laughs> well, we might now. have done. It depends whether or not you've edited this bit. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I edit with a very light scalpel. Um, now, um, now, talking about stuff. Remember yeah. last week? Stuff. 
when I said I need recommendations of what to watch, what did mm-hmm. you say, Lucy? What did you What did you say? In, in I said nobody to... cares. How wrong you were, Victoria Litterer. Have you seen that series, The Affair? Stars two Brits playing Americans. Sean Geraghty said. Victoria, darling, everything stars two Brits playing Americans. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Now? Um, Sean Geraghty said recommended viewing Narcos on Netflix. Joanne Jackson on the Twitter said. I'd recommend a Suran Jones drama, Dr. Foster. I know it isn't American, but I'm loving it. I love a bit of Suran Jones. I love John Corey. Alison. Your request for series. Not sure if these are your bag, but Resistance and The Saboteurs, both Channel 4, are worth a look. Stephen, who's at King Bag Carrier on the Twitter, said. Uh, Sense8 on that Netflix. It's great by the Wachowskis who did The Matrix. It's really good. Yep, no one was bothered, Lucy. Oh, no one at all <laughs> was bothered about giving me recommendations. I think I know our listeners. Uh, so thank you for your input, everyone. My brother, uh, Stephen, did actually recommend Sense8 as well. As I said, uh, Joanne, I love a bit of Surround Jones, so I am going to watch that. And I did see, I, I haven't been seeing bits of that actually on Gogglebox. Sean Geraghty, mm, I don't know about Narcos. I've heard somewhat dodgy things about it. Uh, but I am going to watch The Affair and uh, give the saboteurs a run. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Now, end of the show, go to dumdum.com to join in the debate on the forum where you can join in with... What has upset you this week in Ambridge? Or you can pop over to the off-topic section where you can see the heartwarming thread dealing with grief and cancer diagnosis started by our auntie Jean. And um, it's absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely. So um, you can go to our site and uh, talk about all manner of things. Sharp news! Uh, No one's bought anything this week, uh, but... um, it's time to give big ups to Philip Townley, who not only received his dumptydum.com mug for guessing that we were interviewing Graham Seed, but he posted a picture of himself with his winner's mug on the Book of Face. Yay, good for you, Philip. Um, now, if you want to keep our show on the road, there are two ways that this can be done. One, go to patreon.com forward slash dumptydum and find support the show for $2. Candida Beeching and David Martin have joined the Merry Band of Contributors this month. Thank you. Two, if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the right. Chloe Sastry, uh, we'd like to thank you for just doing that in the last seven days. Now, order of the Dumpty Dimfants news. <laughs> A listener's proposed a name change. She says she'll be the Dumpty Diddlers. <laughs> I think that's much better, Lucy. That's very cute. She said she was listening to it in a car. And she said, it's the Dumpty Diddlers, you asses," Or worse to that effect. I, for one second, that name changed, Freeman. What says you, sir? Uh, madam. Sir? <laughs> I agree, <laughs> madam. Yes, marvellous. Smashing. All right, Dumpty Diddlers it is. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, which is on our website, or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a telephone type message. Whew. Or you can find us on the Twitters where we're at Dumdy Dum, or you can tweet me or I'm at Royfield. Or me at Lucy V. Freeman, or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Hmm. Good. Um. Any parting comments, Freeman? Mm, no. <laughs> I had a big think then, and no. Oh, with a, I've just thought of something I meant to say about Witherspoon's call. 
I'm so Go sorry, on. Royce. This is going to be an absolute nightmare. Basically, cut all this up into five-second bits, throw it all in the air, and whatever order it lands in, it's probably going to make more sense than I've been today. All right. Is that us done? I think it is. Good. You look after Simon. I will. I'll, um, I'll await uh, the photographer and do a last-minute spruce up, and then after that, I'll edit this. Okie dokie. And um, I'll try and find somewhere to have a, a thing, and then I'll, I'll, I'll whack you with what I come up with. Okay, um, and are we doing this J- Jane Peroni? Oh, yeah, yeah, 9:15, yeah, yeah. 9.15, is that what it said on I the tweet? I think Because so. she said she was rushing back from the school run. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah? that's it, that's okay, it, that's cool. it, that's it, that's it, yeah. Alrighty. All right, take care. See you later, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 